The winemakers are up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination, eat, drink. I'm Brent Peterson, host of Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. This week, we explore Chicago's neighborhoods, have an Italian beef, and enjoy a Chicago dog, a depression dog, and a super dog. Download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Hey, welcome to the winemakers. This is Brian Casey with uh, John Myers, Sam Katuri, and Bart Hansen. We are, hey, hey. Oh, here we go. Sam, what do you, did that work? Uh, we heard the cha-ching. I don't, we didn't really hear the liquid. I did, I did a little, like, I, I rimmed the glass, as they say, which was one of the early don't do in coronavirus, right? You're not, you weren't supposed to touch the top of the rim of the bottle for the rim of the glass. Right. I rimmed, I, I'm drinking, um, I've been working on this bottle of Desire Lines, Cole, 2016 Desire Lines, Cole Ranch Riesling. Bart, you're in the rocks. Uh, and, um, or on the rock, uh, all week, and it's been tasting better every single day. Uh, and then I come to find out last night that uh, Antonio Galoni and I agree. Um, yeah. wow. so a big shout out to start this with a big shout out to our, our friends of the program, Cody and Emily Rasmussen, and uh, their their boy Caleb, who was born a day before Althea. Um, he got like 93s and 94s for his Rieslings and and uh, other like you know 90 plus scores for the for the rest of the Desire Lines lineups from notoriously you know rough score especially on first go round uh, Antonio Galoni. So yeah, big shout big shout out to uh, to the Desire Lines team. Nice. And I'm drinking the Riesling for breakfast. So nice. There you, you go. Know, um, you know, I don't. I think it's okay to say we originally, so we got together because we were going to have Esther Mobley on the uh, program this morning. She, she's not able to join us right now. She might join any moment. We, we're not sure. But what I was going to um, start the show with was, um, you know, for those listeners out there that haven't listened to us from the beginning, and for Esther, because I don't know that she's listened, ever listened to the podcast, is that, you know, the re- how this podcast started is because you know John Myers who who um, was on or still is on KSVY a local radio station here in Sonoma um, yeah don't fire me no no um, I don't have don't that you own the, don't you own the place John I don't think we can I don't think you can be fired from that one uh three three partners okay okay well jo- John used to come in and sit at the bar at, at the girl in the fig and um, at the time when I was working at the Girl of the Fig and doing the wine buying, and, and he was doing his weekly wine show on Tuesdays with uh, David Cook and and John being a, you know, kind of an East Coast guy, or what do you call Chicago? Or, or Chicago? Midwest. Midwest. Yeah, Midwestern. Being a, being a Midwest guy, he, um, you know, didn't know a lot of um, people around here, wasn't um, wasn't familiar with a lot of the the movers and the shakers in the industry, and and I think he sort of relied on David Cook for that aspect when he when he started the show, that, you know, got to the point where they were looking for 
for people to come on the show and looking for content and um and so john talked to me about it and and um i i think at one point i i was just giving him emails and names of people and said you should reach out to this guy reach out to this guy and you guys were definitely on that list and and even at some point probably even just gave him the wine list and said <laughs> I, call highlight, everybody highlight any Brian, names think, that you want to talk to i think you put me on that list before you actually put 16600 on the list at the fit oh weird <laughs> Just to throw well, that yeah. out there, not that I'm still bitter or anything, but okay. Brian, well, you know, you know how it is sometimes with a wine list, Sam. Where you yeah. know, there's things that you want to get on the list, and sometimes the the timing's not quite right. Um, you know, same thing is going on right now at the Fairmont, and the same thing happened with, um, you know, Kirk Vangie at at the Fairmont, where I tasted a wine, a red Rhone blend, and I was like, wow, this is really fucking good. The price is incredible, and I I can't buy it. So I turned Sondra onto it, and she started, and she put it on by the glass. So sometimes. You like a wine and you still promote those people, but you're not able to, you know, for one reason or another, there's, you know, many reasons why you're not able to do things. And at the Girl in the Fig, they have certain parameters too. And I don't even remember, um, you know, what, well, the, Brian, what the reason th was. But Those are some really good radio shows, man. I mean, when we had, oh, we had a couple Christmas parties with you guys. I probably had 50 bottles of wine on the table and five of us. So, yeah. Yeah, a lot of fun. And I met everybody through you, Brian. Pure yeah. and simple. Well, I would sit there like a sponge and soak up everything I could, all your knowledge, my friend. But what I what I thought was cool though is that we finally had that show where we were all on together and realized that it was that we enjoyed doing that show. And and when you talk to us about doing a podcast, you know, I I know that at least Sam and I and, and probably Bart as well and maybe you, John, um, the idea of having to meet at a specific time every week and have commercials and all that kind of shit just wasn't as attractive as getting together at someone's house and hanging out or the tasting house or going to visit a winery and taking, taking stuff on the road. So, um, but, but we found through starting the podcast that, that there was several different reasons that we liked doing the show. I know that one of them was that we were all advocates for Sonoma. So we, we enjoyed bringing, Sonoma to the rest of the world. The other one was um, history and Bart, you know, Bart and I would talk about that a lot that we liked sort of capturing the history of the winemaking in Sonoma. We liked having people like Richard Arrowood and um, David Ramey and even, you know, Donald Patz, just so we could, you know, preserve the history of how things got going. And, um, and then, and then the other reason was we like to bring in small producers into the fold where, you know, there's people, you know, you guys are, we've seen it over the last few days or last week, all the people that listen to the podcast that are doing the virtual tasting, I mean, it's, they're all over the place. And these are people that imagine how many of those people would ever hear about mountain tides or desire lines, or, you know, that we bring sort of those wines to people that, we like and we're not bringing people on the show that you know it's not like they're friends of ours that way so they get to come on the show it's that we actually enjoy the wines or enjoy the stories and so we get to turn other people on to those things um and and i know for esther mobley uh, what she enjoys um a lot about um, and how she gets a lot of the more interesting stories that she covers is one of her favorite things is when she's riding in the car with people. 
and it's going in between vineyards or in between the winery and going out to lunch is she gets these intimate moments where she's one-on-one -on -one with someone and she's getting to learn something. And especially when we're sitting around a table drinking wine, you know, after a couple glasses of wine, you know, in Vino Veritas, these facts come out that, that you're definitely never going to read on the back of a wine label. Um, you're not going to see it in a review, but you're getting these cool little um, snippets um, and stories from people that you would never normally get. Uh, and people sense the real enjoyment that we get of hanging out with each other and drinking wine. That's the biggest thing right there, Brian. It just, it, it comes through. When Sam is laughing, I look over at somebody and like, John, I mean, she's laughing with you. I mean, it's very contagious and you can tell we have a good time doing it. Yeah. So, but what's kind of struck me over the last few weeks is that and I don't think it's a conscious decision. We never got together and we don't typically have meetings. <laughs> if we do, it's through a, a group text where we say, you know, would you guys like to do this or an email? Hey, this person would like to come on. But you can see how the show has morphed over the last month. And even, you know, specifically with the guests where, you know, we had on Sondra Bernstein from The Girl in the Fig to talk about the, the state of the hospitality industry. Um, having someone on like Paul Maybray from the Metri and talking about big data and how to um, engage your customers. And even Jordan, Jordan Kievelstad, you know, we didn't have him on. Normally we would have him on sitting around a table. We'd open up five or six bottles of his wine and we'd be talking about his wine. But the reason we brought him on is because we saw that he was doing meal deliveries and we thought it was kind of an interesting story in, with what's going on right now. But the, the, the guests have changed and the focus has changed because we're not able to sit around a table um, and, and drink a couple bottles of wine together and be sitting face to face that it's sort of shifted the direction of the show. And, and, and what I was going to ask Esther is that if, if she thinks that her writing has changed over the last month, and, I mean, and you kind of know the answer to it from, from reading her articles when she's doing an article on, homeschooling of, you know, some kids living on a boat or um, you can see that there's obviously a, a difference. She's not able to ride with someone in a car. She's not able to go do face-to-face -face interviews um, and, and, and go out to vineyards and walk vineyards with people. Um, but, but I wonder what our listeners um, think about the way the show has changed. And believe me, I, I can't wait to get in a room together with you guys and, and share a couple bottles of wine and, and kind of get back to that format. Cause I think that's what, sort of brought our listeners in um, and probably was one of the um, biggest things in, in bringing people to the show was that they could sense that real sense of enjoyment that we had doing that. And so I just wonder, um, you know, with, with what we're doing right now, how that sort of is, how it's seen by our guests or, or how, how they, you know, and I, we don't get a lot of reviews. Um, you know, Change, we don't. More reviews. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just less, curious how you more guys. More reviews, less criticism. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I'll, I'll say that, I, and, and I know that I was kind of pushing for um, kind of stepping away from the winemaker um, format. Here's my wine um, kind of introduction thing, simply because I thought there was, from talking to Sandra, um, and and kind of and and then things that I saw printed, um, 
in social media and articles about, and, and Paul, quite frankly, said, you know, um, everybody's mailbox is getting full of, here's my discount code, here's my free shipping. And, and, and I did the same thing, you know? And so instead of just us introducing another winemaker, um, when people are a little overwhelmed, to try to talk about the community. And, you know, throughout, one thing that we have always done through this whole thing is talked about the community, whether it was after the fires or, um, or, or now. Um, and it was just a, a little bit of a break. I mean, I, this is gonna last for a while. We're gonna have to have some winemakers on here um, before too long to just kind of keep going. But for me, it was just a little bit of a, a break from the sales pitch, even though I don't really view what we're doing as a sales pitch. I view what we're doing as a uh, introductions for people. Well, I, and you know, I, th John. I think people are looking to immerse themselves in the place that we come from, the place that the wine comes from, how you do things. They, they just want to be a part of where we are, Sonoma. They want information. So, I mean, it's a, it's a balance, Bart. Yes, you want wine guys, but we also, we started out rarely talking to wine guys. For the first couple of months, I think all we did was the four of us. So I think they are looking for participation in our group. They want to be part of the podcast and they really look for that. They really want a, a sense of place. Well, and I think, I mean, go ahead. The, the, the thing that, you know, there's so many reasons that people are drawn to wine and, and, certainly the one that is um has the most depth to plumb maybe is you know terroir and sense of place and and how the the rocks in the vineyard and the sun and the weather and what the winemaker did in the cellar all uh, come out in the way it tastes and you can you can get into that you know almost m more the empirical side of it and and you know, not that we are super technical or nerdy here, but, you know, we, we talk about wine and, and why it tastes the way it does and, and where it comes from and, and how wine is made or how a winemaker, you know, does their process, where they came from. But there's this other part of it. And the reason that, um, really the reason that it is what it is, wine, sort of in a way, maybe beer does this, but not really, is this social... Um, connector it's not a social lubricant it's a social adhesive it, it brings people together um you know over a bottle of wine whether it's you know the fanciest wine on a restaurant wine list or you grab something from a, a supermarket on your way to a friend's house for a, a friday night it's it's um you know everybody shares from the same bottle you know, and when, you know, and we all drink from the same bottle. I think there's some, some piece of that, that right now, when we're all disconnected, um, that being able to be a, a, a social adhesive, being able to be that community piece, that connection piece, um, we're all drinking from the same bottle, even if we're not in the same place. And it doesn't have to be, um, you know, one of 75 cases that, that Danny and, and Kay Faye made or, um, you know, it, it can be whatever you have or whatever you have really isn't about the wine. It's about this this way that we connect through the wines that we drink and share and talk about. So, I, you know, for me, um, you know, I've said this before. I said it when we were talking to, to Paul, 
um, a super social person, my favorite thing to do is sit around the tasting room and talk about the, our farming and the wines and, and not having that, um, these Zoom podcasts for me, you know, at some point, I mean, obviously I want people to listen and comment and give us positive reviews and subscribe and tell their friends, but uh, for me, I, I don't care if nobody ever listens, it's that I get to sit here and, and talk to my friends and, and hang out a little bit. Um, and <laughs> You're right, and Sam. People, you know, I know I'm not alone. People need that. People need to just like have some that that sense of connection that that wine can provide. Um, you know, it's the thing that I love about those, those virtual tasting that we're doing. Um, how many groups of people who have signed up for it who you know they're they're never necessarily on on Bart's list or or my list, and maybe they've listened to the podcast, maybe they haven't, but one of their friends does or buys my wine or Bart's wine and said, hey, let's all get together and do this. You know, they get to go wine tasting, they get to have that connection. You know, maybe some of them are in it for the wine, but I, you know, I think that a lot of them are in it for uh, an event, something to do, uh, an appointment in the books on a Friday night. Um, and and um, date that's night. what wine can bring. Yeah, date night, <laughs> date night, dinner party. That's what, that's what yeah. wine is the, is the um, you know, driver of all of that. Um, so continuing to have people on the show and talking to people that um, don't speak for a wine, but speak for wine and wine consuming and wine drinkers and, and the larger wine community, I think is is what for me is, is ringing the most true right now. I mean, as much as I do, I love when we talk to a winemaker and, and get to dig in on the intricacies of a single site and a single wine and... Oh. And that's what it's all about. I mean, that's what we do this for. Um, the the larger picture, I think, is is what is what you know, has the most resonance for me right now. Yeah, I know. Initially, too, I had a concern about the sound quality of what we were doing. And, and isn't it isn't it funny now that I mean, whatever programs you're watching on TV when you're watching the news, everyone's at home right. on um, on Sendcaster or Zoom or whatever they're on, uh, and those those technical difficulties or glitches or whatever just sort of disappear now because you because you become accustomed to it right they're ubiquitous totally i mean look at these these andrew cuomo chris cuomo interviews on cnn where you know andrew cuomo's got you know the governor's got you know his team together and he stands in front of a seal and and chris cuomo's battling the covid19 and you know, in t-shirt and probably sweatpants in the basement of his house somewhere in New Jersey, probably. I mean, that's, you know, that's CNN. I mean, I think that uh, everybody is kind of like, you do what you got to do to communicate right now. Uh, you know, I've done Zoom, they're calling them Zaders, Zoom Saders last couple of nights. Uh, how where, was you know, that? You get, yeah. um, well, the first one had my, my mother and my father on and they, so my, my father-in-law, the rabbi was was trying to like keep things moving forward and and you know <laughs> good luck side of the, the sonoma <laughs> side was uh distracting um and then we did one with uh you know a dozen or so members of my father-in-law's congregation last night and you know it's it's um anybody who is is jewish or has gone to a seder knows that it, it can go on for a very long time before you're allowed to eat anything <laughs> So um, <laughs> these have been much shorter. So I think people are pretty grateful for that. But it, it's the same thing. It's it's um, having some sense of, of connection. And you know, the Seder is is sort of 
based around uh, wine plays a huge role, four, four cups of wine. So, I mean, I think there's that same piece of it where, um, you know, the, the method of which we communicate isn't as important as the fact that we are communicating. And it doesn't matter if, you know, some people in Los Angeles and some people in Philadelphia and some people in Sonoma um, have different glasses of wine in their hand that they have a glass of wine and, and that's what uh, you know beret for your God and the fruit of the vine that's what we're, we're are, is blessing our lives um, and you know I think that that's again it's it's wine as as community not just the wine community it's wine as community that seems to be working the best. Sam, were you able to get the kosher rosé out to everyone? I, I didn't get the kosher rosé out to everyone. Uh, the, the, the 2019 um, the bottling was a little late on that. So uh, it's actually better than last year. I'll have it all summer, and it'll be available for, uh, for you know, the high holidays in, in the fall and Hanukkah. And, um, it, just tastes, it just tastes great, too. So and it's, we only did two rosés from Miller Vineyard in, in 2019 because there was like a third amount of fruit as there was in 18. So we have the Adu Tet version and then the, the Braden Albrecht uh, Maya Thomas kosher version. And then there's another, there's going to be another 16600 rosé that's uh, a few different Grenache vineyards in, here in the valley. So um, I'm excited to, you know, we're, we're bottling the, the, we bottled the kosher at the beginning of the month, we're bottling the Adu Tet um, right at the, probably the 1st of May. Um, and you know, we'll have those, uh, you know, the idea is to have a party at the tasting room to release them with red, white, and rosé, but uh, who knows if we'll be allowed to do that come July. So um, we'll do a, a virtual rosé party and send out rosé to everybody and, you know, have uh, some some Clifford, uh, no, some uh, you know, Clifford Brown plays Grenache Day, have, uh, you know, some barbecue recipes out there and hang out and watch virtual fireworks, I guess. <laughs> Sam, since we can't get out in the field, what's it yeah. looking like? What are the cover crops looking? What's going on? Yeah, so we're, um, you know, this is as busy a time of year as harvest. Uh, it doesn't quite have the same, uh, the stresses are different, but it doesn't have the sort of timing element of it. But it, there's work going on in, in every vineyard. Um, places that have, um, Either, you know, we, we were trying to trigger a little bit more uh, vigor and, and growth in the vines, or if they have uh, frost susceptibility, um, are the first places that are getting mowed and, and disked right now, tilled right now. Um, and so, you know, those are the places that, you know, like the Rossi Ranch, like uh, Steel Plow Vineyard, where there's a little bit of frost pressure. You want to lower the floor of the of the vineyard by cutting the cover crop down. So cover crops are, are coming down, getting incorporated. Um, you know, most vines have started to come out. Maybe you know the last things to come out will be like the the high elevation Cabernet. Um, so that's it's it's happening out there. Um, you know, we have a full crew, 133 people. Um, Enterprise Vineyards right now, all working. Um, and, wow. And you know, wow. I said this before, but the the wonderful thing about vineyards is, um, you know, we average uh, six and eight foot roads, you know, width. So um, social distancing was 
was sort of built for vineyard work. Um, you know, there's, there's obviously, you know, as much precautions as we can possibly take. We have lots of sanitizing going on out there. We have uh, masks that have come in from my brother-in-law at White Bark Workwear, who, you know, is one of the famous apron makers of Los Angeles. And, you know, the, the, the. And 16600. Uh, and 16600, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was going to say. Of, uh, bon Appetit. Yeah. Go yeah, I was just gonna say I was hoping you'd give him a, a a shout out. I mean, he's his his second job. He's kind of totally transformed into making these masks and sending them out. Yeah, so he's he's making uh, he's turned his whole company around and and you know he works with a bunch of like contract um, fabric cutters and and sewers all over L.A. Who you know all their other you know originally all their other um, jobs kind of dried up so he's taking all of his fabric and mailing out these masks and there's a lot of people who are selling masks right now and i, I gotta give charlie props um you know he is is selling them at cost um so you know if he's making a, a dollar a mask it's covering his time to uh you know put them all in packages and mail them all out um so he's selling them right now i, I think it's uh, you get you go onto his website there's a limit if you're just ordering them for for home use um you know he's selling them for in like two packs for 10 or 11 dollars um and then you, know, you can you know if you're a, a winery or a restaurant or you know we ordered uh 260 of them for those 130 uh, enterprise vineyards employees and you can do bigger orders um and the other thing that you can do is is you can buy some and have them donated to a uh, restaurant workers or something like that. So they're, they're not medical masks. They are um, made out of cotton and hemp, uh, which is what he makes his aprons out of. Um, and, and they're all handmade in, in Los Angeles. Um, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't send you into the, the operation, you know, operating room or ICU with one on, but um, for just everybody wearing masks and they're at the grocery store, the farmer's market, you know, interacting with the public in any way. Um, they're perfect. They look good. And uh, yeah, so check out White Bark Workwear um, online on Instagram. Um, Sam, you should see if you can do a line of today. Maybe you can do a line that are tie-dyed. Well, you know, John, we've we've actually been talking about how to figure that out. So our I'm wearing today a, a the Ben Jam and Jammin' On Tie-Dye Studios uh, Enterprise Vineyard shirt. The whole Benjamin crew, the Jaminon crew, is like holed up uh, in a compound, like somewhere outside of downtown Vegas, just one of the places that they have a retail shop. And they're sitting there going, "Send us stuff. We'll dye it and send it back out." Um, so we're we're trying to figure out how to get. A, we had just ordered like 350 new 16600 shirts from from our friends up in Sebastopol at Farm Fresh. Um, we're trying to figure out how to get them those shirts now down to Vegas and have have the jam and crew dye those and then dye some uh, some face masks too. I mean, you know, you protect yourself, protect others, but make it fashion, right? Well, that's the idea. You gotta you gotta look like you've been to sixteen six hundred tasting house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey Brian, how is your Roussan? What's going on with that? You know, I'm gonna have to. I'm, you're gonna have to direct this to Bart. Um, okay. Because I have not had the opportunity to visit my wine in in quite some time. So, um, 
and you know, I think the last time that I wanted to get over there, um, Cindy was doing her, she's doing some sort of barrel sample thing. So we kind of let her do her thing, but I, I would love to get over and try it. Bart um, will probably be able to give you a better update because he's, he's still able to go in and, and taste some of his wines. Yeah, I, 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 so I went in and um, pulled out all my barrels and laid them all out and, and including Brian's barrels and we topped them up. Um, you know, the wine's tasting delicious. I, I think I'm, Brian needs to taste it and we need to find a date where we can bottle the wine. And um, that's going to be probably our biggest uh, thing with this is being able to find a date. You know, I, I, I know some bottling lines are working, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that have put off their bottling because of this. Um, and, and I think that's all kind of unknown. I mean, we may end up having to hand bottle it ourselves. Who knows? And, you know, it's, that's not <laughs> ideal for white wine, but if that's what we have to do, that's what we'll do, you know, or um, Brian can make the decision what, what he thinks he wants to do, you know, and, and we'll certainly help him and we'll get Sam in to taste it. And, um, all the rest of our, our local experts and come to determination, but the wine is safe. It tastes good. Um, and that's the most important thing, you know, I mean, right now the wine should just be aging gracefully anyway and evolving. We really shouldn't be getting into it. And, um, so actually really the best thing is, is that it's topped up in barrels and it's being left alone and yeah. that will, that, that will allow it to mature and become what it is. Nobody's popping those popping the uh, bungs off and sticking their nose in there and putting the thief in, taking samples, tasting it, jostling it around. Just, you know, I mean, there's a reason that sellers are dark and quiet, right? I mean, this is, this is, this, it's, this might be bad for wine business, but this whole thing is good for wine, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the wines that are made right and made to age um, are all, aging well uh undisturbed in cellars and you know warehouses and wineries all over california i mean as i said i think i said it before i've always joked that you know if i could if if, if winery finances allowed and my life and my wife and my father um would say this is a good idea and they all would disagree um that if i could just stop doing everything for a year and come back in a year and start selling the wines that we're selling right now in a year I think that, you know, they're all going to have evolved and, and in my opinion, taste better. Um, so, you know, if, if you can weather this storm a little bit, um, you know, come this summer, come this fall, when things start to return to whatever the new normal will be, um, I think there's going to be a lot of great wine waiting for people to drink all over Sonoma and Africa. Yeah. Well, and John, you know, from, from us having winemakers on the show, it's always the 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 biggest temptation and the the thing that they have to break the habit of is always wanting to do something to the wine. Yep. <laughs> Play when, with it. <laughs> so it, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of nice that there's yellow tape put around the wines right now. That's kind of like you know, as long as you're getting good fruit, and you're you're not wanting to manipulate the wine in any in any way. You're just wanting the wine to go through fermentation and then do some aging. So, yeah, and you know the the whole thing about it is is. Um, as we've talked about before, you know, winemakers struggle with this thing as, you know, is it time to pick? Is it time to pick? And then once you've decided to pick is, did you, should you have waited? And winemakers and the seller go through the same thing. I mean, large wineries, a lot of times they're struggling with, 
you know, we've got to get the wine bottled because we need to be able to release it at a certain point. Um, and, but a lot of times winemakers, you know, it, it's never quite good enough. I think every winemaker would say that when he goes to bottle the wine, he wonders like, is there something else I could have done to make it that much better? Even if they love the wine, I doubt there are many that are just like, I'm good with it, you know? Um, uh, but, but this kind of forces that a little bit. So, and, and, and I've been driving through the wineries and, you know, wine work is still deemed as essential work. And so people are working, um, but I think there's probably a little less pressure and a little less stress in the sellers. Um, but I, I don't know that for sure. Well, no, I mean, it, there has to be, right? Because just like you were saying with people wanting to bottle stuff to get it out there to sell, right now, if you're not selling the wine at the same pace that you were, I mean, imagine Rosé right now. Look at what 2019 Rosé, what the market is going to look like in three months when we finally do open back up. And then you've now you've got your, your 19 and you've got your, um, you know, maybe some still had some 18. Now you've got, now you've got 19 and now you're looking at making decisions for 20. Like I, I wonder what, what kind of deals are going to be going on with the already sort of oversaturated market when it comes to Rosé here in California. Well, and to go along with that, how many Rosé parties um, rosé release parties that were scheduled for right. um, month of April. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah. Yeah. I've actually thought about doing at the hotel, all the rosés that I currently have on the list is um, doing an employee sale where they will basically sell them at cost plus 10 or something and, and have them just clear out the rosé. Cause I know as soon as we get back to work, I'm going to have 20, 30 rosés in front of me. Um, that I can buy at a at a pretty good price, right. and I can get rid of some of those, you know, 16, 17s that were still hanging around that still taste great. But you know, you all know that people people when they go in and and have dinner or lunch at a restaurant and they see a, a 16, a 17, an 18, and a 19 rosé or Sauvignon Blanc on the list, they always want the freshest, newest thing. So even you know, even if it doesn't taste as good, um, there's just that that knee-jerk reaction to pick the 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 newest vintage so um yeah i think um brian that that's gonna be tough you're gonna have to taste all those new rosés you know if you need help brian yeah do it from a safe distance that's where i was going (laughs) yeah (laughs) i just don't know about safety as far as having employees come and you know having to wipe down bottles and what that looks like and and for me being furloughed like am i even allowed to come into the hotel and and do that so it's it's going to be something we're going to have to navigate um i keep hearing this furlough word and uh you know maybe i'm just naive uh i've i've been laid off before probably been fired before uh what is what is it between being laid off and being furloughed is it just like the idea that you can get back to your job when when they want you back or what's the as far as I know, I think the term furloughed means that you are laid off because of a specific situation, but the intent of the employer is to hire you back as soon as possible. Yeah, as so opposed, Google, yeah. So Google says uh, a furlough is a leave of absence, especially that granted to a member of the armed services. Um, granted leave of absence too is the verb. So. Yeah. So, it's, you know, if I was laid off, it would be I was laid off, meaning, you know, 
the conditions, the business conditions weren't right for having me on as an employee. And so I was able to go look for work somewhere else. Being furloughed is, hey, something has happened, whether due to fire or pandemic or flood or whatever, where we need to lay you off, but we want to hire you back as soon as we're able to. And I'm, I don't know what, what the difference is as far as the EDD, like unemployment. I don't know if there's a difference in um, the amount of money that you get or, uh, you know what, I think the real difference is, is that I'm not, whereas I was, I have been laid off before and I had to look for work. The whole purpose of EDD is not what it's doing right now. It's not just to pay people. The whole purpose of EDD is to find you work. They don't want to continually send you checks. They want to send you checks. And then based on the, it's predicated on you looking for work. And that's actually in the questionnaire that's, that you have to continually fill out is, did you look for work? Did someone offer you work and you said yes or no? Are you able to work? Um, whereas right now, they don't really care whether you're looking for work because there's no work to be had. So they're yeah, just, can't go anywhere and look. it's just all about sending you money. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Which um, hopefully here in the next week or two, they've um, the EDD is going to include an additional $600 a week for restaurant people um, on top of what they're already receiving. It's just taken a little while to go through the, the, the bureaucracy through the red tape, but you know, I don't know anyone that can really survive long-term on unemployment. And, you know, I'm in a, a fortunate situation that my wife is continuing to work. But, the, you know, I work with a lot of people that are, you know, especially younger people that, that just collecting that unemployment check doesn't mean that they can pay their rent, car payment, car insurance, health insurance, groceries, electric bill, water bill. Like, it's gone. They're, they're the, you know, it's not the same thing. So, so hopefully this... Um, this comes online because it's going to be retroactive back to March 15th. So it'll mean that we'll actually get to, and who knows how long um, this is going to go on. You know, right now I'm, I am approved through March of 2021 to collect unemployment. Um, uh, Certainly hope it doesn't take that long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, everything they're talking oh, about God, is, no. is, you know, is, is, you know, Trump obviously wants to open up the country immediately and, I think what's happening is, you know, they're going to, it's going to be a slow thing where it's certain pockets of the country, depending on who has the most cases. And then it'll be age related, which I think is weird because initially we thought that this was all older people with respiratory issues. Now we're finding, you know, it's people in the African-American community. So do you tell them they can't go back to work? Um, and then between 18 and 49 here in Sonoma County is like one of the largest segments of people that are contracting the um, COVID-19. So I don't know how you make those decisions, but I, I do like that. I don't know if you guys saw that Elaine um, Hawk Waka Waka Chuck and Brown um, put out on her Twitter feed there, um, Gavin Newsom just um, throwing out that term nation state when it comes yeah. to California that, you know, he's kind of, you know, um, sort of quietly setting the table for us to make our own decisions not being ruled by the federal government because they've been proven not to be responsible during this entire thing and so he's kind of saying look we're going to make our decisions based on the information that we have as responsible adults um, and it, it kind of reminds he's me he's got quite a fine line it's a fine line man 
Well, you know, really Texas is. has Texas has talked about this for years and years. How they, you know, they always kind of want to be their own country in a way. And California has a legitimate, um, kind of have a legitimate um, bid for that. Just because you're the fifth largest economy in the world, like you, you can pretty much call the shots when it comes to um, uh, making your own rules because you've got the financial power to back up those decisions. It would be so different if we didn't have someone so vindictive at the helm. You know, we want to we want to be our own state nation, okay? But we we rely on the federal government for an awful lot, and you have to be nice these days. You know, when somebody's saying, "Don't call that woman in Michigan," I mean that. Fortunately, we've not gotten to that point. I have to hand it to Newsom and uh, and Brown. Also, they did walk that fine line. Yeah, it's well, tough. Yeah, I think we have smarter people here in California. Well, hopefully, <laughs> so. Yeah, no, thankfully. Well, Sam, you said one thing that I really has stuck with me all day. We're all drinking from the same bottle, and I think that just applies across the board on everything. You are right. We are. We're all involved in this. Well, not to uh, you know self-plug too much but that's what i'm here for um <laughs> in in the virtual final sunday playlist is a song by uh friends of the friends of the of the winery a band called achilles wheel out of uh they're out of like nevada city grass valley area um and the, the song that i put on there is i gotta find it i'm gonna find it it's, uh, it's, that's where I, I totally stole that line from this song and I can't find it right now. But basically it's like, you know, when the bottle runs dry, nobody gets anything. So it's, it's, you know, we're all drinking from the same, we're all drinking from the same bottle and, and, you know, have to, and that, you know, that goes for my feelings politically too, at this point, you know, we're, we're all drinking from the same bottle. So it doesn't really matter, um, you know, who you voted for, what you think of any of these people. Um, you know, right, just get us out of it. Bottle. We're yeah. all from the same bottle. Figure Move it out. forward. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of moving going on. I mean, a lot of moving going on. I'm really shocked at what the hell is going on from my point of view. I, I'm watching it from, you know, I've been in the house for so long. Uh, I would just like to go. get out again. Nobody drinks if the bottle's dry. Nobody drinks if the bottle is dry. So. <laughs> I, I, I looked them up. I see that they totally do uh, some nice dead covers. Uh, Scarlet, oh, yeah. I mean, that's inspired look, by um, Shakedown Street. Yeah. So. I'm my opposite. Only... Imagine that a, a band that does <laughs> dead covers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know, I did a full show on KSVY last week, Pirate Radio, all dead. And it was a lot of fun. And that Just was what? Was that two songs? Uh, no, I got plenty in. I mean, honestly, but I did make a joke during it. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. DJ's favorites. You can go run outside, get stoned, and take a leak at the same time. Come back, still playing. <laughs> as long as you wash your hands, I don't think it's all good, right? Oh yeah, I'm a hand washer. Oh, my, I, my hands feel like harvest, except for they're not dirty. 
Right. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Your hands are torn up. They're calloused. They're cracking. You know, you put some, you spread some lemon juice onto your salad at night, and it's like the most painful thing you've done all day. <laughs> the difference is, you know, this is how our hands look during the harvest. The difference is in the harvest, they're like, the, no matter how many times you wash your hands, there's like this black sort of dust, grape juice, skin, wine, color combination that, you know, lasts until December. So right now my hands are as clean as they've ever been, uh, but they feel like harvest hands. It's, it's the most bizarre thing. <laughs> well, you know, Sam, you said something else, uh, that there were 150-some people out working for Enterprise right now. Yeah, yeah. That alone is uh, a, a huge part of the recovery. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, this is um, – something that that i was really a focus during the fire as well as you know um enterprise vineyard part of it because of the way that we farm you know it's, it's labor intensive farming you know that's that's 150 families in in you know almost all in sonoma valley that um have a, a reliable job and their job is doesn't go away just because there's a fire on the mountain or, you know, a, a global pandemic. We, we keep farming, you know, the, the grapes don't stop just because everything else has to. Um, and, and um, you know, I, I definitely know now more than, than ever and certainly more than I ever realized in you know, 2016, um, you know, how much of a responsibility that is from our side is, you know, to, to, keep keep those jobs rolling but also keep people safe and and be responsible at the same time it's um you know it's a lot it's about you know we're, we're out here we're making a luxury good but um it's about a lot more ha huh. you're making a necessity that's it well it was a luxury <laughs> good a month ago it's a it's a necessity now for sure an essential yeah we're essential well, there's no doubt that um, I've been drinking through my wine cellar and, you know, and I, <laughs> it's amazing. Like taking the recycling out uh, <laughs> the, whole, every, the whole neighborhood. No, yeah. I, start, I started doing that. Like my, my Coravin, you know, I was like, Oh, I'll Coravin a couple glasses tonight. I'll Coravin. No, I'm just opening bottles. Now the Coravin thing is <laughs> that's totally out the window. I'm going to have a lot of wine open after, after the tasting today. Yeah. Well, I, I think the biggest difference for me is like, well, if I'd finish up at the winery, I might stop by Sonoma's Best and have a have a pint of beer or um, you know a glass of wine there. Yeah, maybe two. <laughs> right. um, and and so since that is since that has gone away, you know, there's just I, there's more consumption than at home. Um, so that's, yeah, I used to. Uh, that's a bad thing. I used to be embarrassed when I would take my recycling out because, you know, it's the clink, clink, clink of all the bottles. And I live on a court, so you can, I mean, it, it echoes through the entire court. And like, <laughs> fuck, people, people know what we're doing. Um, but now it's kind of like the, there's a sense of pride when you're dumping all your bottles, like, yep, we're drinking. But, you know, there's, there's always been a, an urban legend in Napa and Sonoma that the recycling trucks here had to install stronger lift arms because wine bottles weigh so much more than like typical <laughs> recycling. And, yeah. I, you know, we're definitely uh, another essential business, waste collection, recycling, garbage van. Uh, we're, we're putting those trucks to uh, those 
those heavy duty lift arms to good use around here. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you got You know, if you're going for an urban myth, I like that one. It's a good thing. I mean, you know, I don't. I, I might be Italian. I'm not in the waste removal uh, business, <laughs> so I don't know if that's true or not. But I, I like that story anyway. <laughs> you and Tony Soprano. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God, I watched the first yeah. episode of that the other night. The very first one where he says, talking to the psychiatrist, I had a business meeting. We had a cup of coffee. We talked. When basically he ran the guy down this car, trying to run into his office building, then then just kicks the crap out of the poor guy. But he owed him money. But just the difference between what he tells the psychiatrist and what reality was, that was a really incredible show. I loved it. I think John, a lot of people are binge watching these days, you know, pulling out yeah. the old uh, HBO Go account. Because John, you're talking about the the OG show, right? The are you what, starting starting over again? The original Sopranos. Yeah, I went back and hit okay. the first one. Yeah, because I think I did, um, it, with, I did I, it with Mad Men too. Okay, because I I heard um, Joey Diaz on Joe Rogan's podcast the other day, and he was talking about um, he actually canceled his trip to New York in March. He was supposed to go back, and it was for a final shoot of some Sopranos show that they were doing some sort of reboot on. Oh boy, what is this? <laughs> Sorry, guys, I was um, trying to reference something off Netflix and. I didn't realize it was going to pick up the volume. I was just checking out something. From it's all okay. You mentioned Tiger somebody this morning. Keep it safe for work, Bart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Oh, the the Tiger the Tiger King. Have you have you gotten I, the I have not watched. Tiger. No, I don't know. I, so so when you go to the Netflix opening page, it's all about Tiger. Tiger King, and I, I have not watched it. What I've been watching is this. Um, Brian's been watching it. I guess. I guess I'm the only one. I watched the first two the other night in a row. It's addictive. It's. It is definitely. Um, it's a. It's an accident on the side of the freeway, and you have to slow down. And I. I think I fell asleep halfway through the third. But there's. It's not just about that guy. It's about basically the entire industry of people keeping big cats and how people approach it from different ways. And then it just goes into drug use and having multiple wives and- um, Okay. And, and about- <laughs> these things, bro. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's pretty fascinating, actually. Well, and you know, local connection, a woman, um, Marilyn Good, um, here in Sonoma, um, her son is the producer for that that huh. series there was an article in the local paper and and he's hiding yeah i read that he's hiding out in ojai since it landed and everybody you know he's kind of like a introverted dude anyway or something and now that this thing is like blown up he's like no nah, I'm, I'm gonna social distance my way out of this one and he's he's locked the door on some little cabin somewhere in the ojai valley no yeah I, I heard that bart's neighbors wanted to do a show called camel king <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the the real housewives of Diamond Day, man. That <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Diamond Day, babe. All right. What else, guys? Anything else? Any That's it for me. Worldly thoughts. Well, did you see those shots from France lighting up the fields oh, yeah. with smudge pots because of the 
ice hanging. Frost. It was such a beautiful shot from a tragedy, obviously. You know, big frost just hanging beautifully and lit at night with these pots. It was spectacular. Well, I mean, we've had this has been a a bit of a a bit of a uh, frost year for us here in Sonoma, um, uh, and and places that normally wouldn't frost, right? I mean, you know, Bedrock uh, Morgan posted some pictures that they had some of their earlier varieties got a little burn and whatnot. But um, you know, Sam, what 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 have you guys been doing with that? You know, we, we definitely have a, a handful of places that are sort of on that list. Um, Steel Plow has, is, you know, has a full frost protection, protection system. The, the sort of swale at Rossi on the, the north side there, um, you know, we have a couple of uh, propellers out there. It's kind of a frost front, front spot. Um, actually, interestingly, there's um, Corbin, Corbin Cameron up at the very top of the Moon Ridge there's a little sort of basin up there that uh, is is frost prone as well. So um, you know we're we actually there's been a few mornings that we've had stuff running. Um, you know temperatures have gotten gotten low, but not low enough to to be too concerned. I haven't heard or seen of much reports um, of of damage in in our vineyards. Um, you know the the bedrock. And Old Hill, um, you know, they're in the middle of the valley, do get some sometimes, but, you know, it's the beauty of those those field blend vineyards. Um, yeah, there's some Carignan and some other things that come out early, but there's enough variation that, um, you know, they're always going to have a crop. Stuff will grow. Um, and, you know, and I know that Morgan and his team are smart enough to have pruned with some backup positions, um, you know, especially the way that, um, this spring went or this winter went where you know it looked like we were going to go straight from January to summer there for a little while um, yeah. and everybody went out pruned knowing that you know uh, things were starting to move early and that meant that we just had a longer window of, of you know vulnerability to frost and the thing that you know to be honest and there's nothing we can do about it we've had you know last week man Bart you were in the middle of one with these these sort of more like thunderstorm cells rolling through. And the thing that can come with that, that is maybe even more damaging than, than frost because it comes so fast and there's nothing you can do to try and save yourself is hail. Um, and we've had a few hail moments, but uh, again, you know, sort of knock on, knock on laptop here, um, avoided any, any damage so far. So, you know, we're, we're definitely in a, in, our most vulnerable time in the vineyards from now until uh, the end of bloom, really, which um, you know, should be sometime in June. Remember, there was a, a year, I want to say it was 2016, there was some hail that we had when uh, uh, 15, 15. 15 and everything had leafed yeah. out. I have some pictures of it somewhere, maybe I'll post it, but these beautiful, beautiful leaves on vines and just with these holes through, the, through them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we, it was all just from hail. Um, pretty remarkable and that was you know that hailstorm that was like late may right. and there was places that were already in bloom during that hailstorm 2015 you know 2015 um was in some varieties like uh, sauvignon blanc from cayman was down 75 percent in 2015 um because because cayman got hit in with this this hailstorm cell 
um, that kind of just swirled in that little pocket valley there and, and um, you know, did some pretty significant damage. Um, you know, so 15, that's what, you know, 15, that's why, uh, you know, I was, the wine that we tasted on with the, the Cooper Tires guys yesterday, Bart, that 15 Cabernet, um, for us, Cabernet and, and really most of the varieties were so far down yield-wise in, in 2015, and then we had a pretty hot summer that I was really surprised that you were, you know, there was enough fruit out there that you couldn't pick those grapes until, until November. Um, you know, that 2015, we had, everything was, I don't even think we made a thousand cases in 2015. Yeah. 1600. Yeah. I guess I was just fortunate nobody wanted the vineyard. <laughs> Sometimes it works out. Yep. That was a great Cabernet. I drank that with uh, my, with my leftover Passover brisket, uh, Zoom, Zoom satering for the rest of the night. <laughs> oh well hey that made me hungry i did a tri-tip outside last night i mean just getting out and barbecuing it turned nice sunny and yeah we threw on a tri-tip and it was awesome and we had an old dane sellers cab with it and it was great Awesome. So cheers, Bart. Yeah, oh, it was great. It was one of the really old ones, 2012. Yeah, 2012. Yeah. Oh, that was a good. One. From, that would have been from Laster's property. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, beautiful, beautiful wines. I'm going to go slice that up and have a sandwich. <laughs> um, and, you know, you guys just talking about it, I'm thinking I'm going to reach out to Anne Charlotte from um, Chateau Fontaloupe and see if she might want to come on um, through Zoom. She reached out to me last week just wondering if I wanted to do a virtual tasting with some of her wines. But I think it might be fun to have her on and um, talk about what's going on in France. So this will come out after, um, after this airs, but Jeff Cohn posted yesterday uh, that on tomorrow, he's doing a uh, Zoom meeting with her. Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know, maybe we all ought to, uh, because he put it out publicly, maybe we all ought to, ought to Zoom bomb him. Zoom bomb for sure. Uh, but maybe we'll make like a fake account and call it the TTB and just come on and you know the ABC check out, make sure he's doing everything on the up and up. <laughs> Jeff, I spoke with Jeff a little bit yesterday, just for a little bit by way of text, and he said that he went through last week and tasted all of his 2019s. He said it's the first time he's went through and tasted all of his wines by himself in like decades. <laughs> No, no Ben to help out. No Ben to help out, yeah. So, the, the thing with, with Ben and Jeff and they're tasting through all their wines is I don't know how well those guys spit. I think they get, I, I've seen right. them post, they, uh, they, you know, do a better job evaluating the first few wines, I would guess. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and according to them, the wines just get better and better the further along. Wait, oh, man. This shit is awesome. You know what? I have to admit, I've been guilty of that myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, look, you know, it's the last thing anybody ever wants to hear us complain about, but tasting <laughs> barrel samples, tasting through all your wine is, it's uh, exhausting. And you get, and you, you know, it doesn't matter how much you spit or how well you spit, you absorb uh, through the pores in your mouth. And, and you know, you can, you can definitely feel it after 35 barrel samples, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would think thirty-five. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter if you're spitting them out into the drain in the in the floor of the cellar, but um, 
Um, speaking of Ben, anybody heard from Ben Larks at Idol Sellers? I, I saw some social media movement from them, but I haven't uh, heard much from those guys. Yes, yeah, Sam, I saw the same thing. It was the first time in a long time that I had actually seen some Instagram posts um, coming well, out from guys, Idol Sellers. Yeah, you know, ben, Uncle Benny. Ben, ben Larks is working for uh, Bettina at Laurel Glen. And so she said when we had her on, she had mentioned that he said, uh, say hello to everybody. And so he's he's been working with her, I think, uh, for a while here. So. Um, nice. Mm. Not probably well, not definitely, the world like he prefers. Right. I mean, the entire freaking planet's having sort of an idle moment right now. Yeah. At least economically. <laughs> yep. Pretty crazy. All right, guys. Well, I will look forward to seeing you, seeing you and hearing from you later tonight for our first ever inaugural uh, virtual wine tasting. Yeah, we gotta we'll do we gotta do another one of these because the response is just overwhelming. I'm sure it's, it's you know I know this is How many? after it's happened, but thank you to everybody for um, the way that uh, you signed up and responded and and you know first time buyers from sixteen six hundred and Dane, um, you know it's it's what uh, helps this all keep going. So super grateful. Yeah, if you guys want to come up with a promo code for people that actually tonight when we're on, that people that actually signed on can come on and get a COVID nineteen. No, I'm joking. No, but yeah, if you... do that, Sam. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, uh, maybe free shipping, oh. Sam. <laughs> I don't know how promo codes work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's you know that's what I like working for sixteen six hundred is people ask for discounts. Like, we don't do discounts. Well, that's a that's a four-letter word oh but we offer the wine at a great price and you should be happy with that yeah that's all we got yeah we, we don't keep have it simple to, we don't have to sell it no don't get crazy john <laughs> be good, all right guys. guys all right well we'll look forward to the virtual tasting and then getting together next week hopefully sam we can get esther yeah, we can get uh, esther back Get Esther back on the show and um, and see what's going on. I'll call Kathy also. Yeah, and let's, and let's get in touch with Kathy. Cool. Got it. All right, All guys. Right. This has been Thanks. The Winemakers. Check out some of our past episodes. Go to The Winemakers. No, go to radiomisfits.com. We don't have our own website. We're not smart enough. No, you can go to winemakers.com. Uh, you can't. Winemaker, winemakerspod.com. And, and, right and what's on there? Well, <laughs> Every it's... episode. It just goes to it goes to Radio Misfits. Oh, perfect. Okay, so hit up the middleman. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys.